Hey everybody, on this episode, we learn about the dangers of content creation. Sam Altman loses his job to AI. And we recession-proof our futures. Enjoy the show, everyone. Can you confirm that? It's filmed in front of a live studio audience. And it's, it's, they're pretty much the exact same thing, which is like, you get like a UK-ish number. They drop a, hey, I'm from, insert any kind of known-ish recruitment company that you might know the name of. Um, and I've got an opportunity for you. You want to talk about it further, right? And it's like, at what point do I stop having fun, right? Like, it's like, sometimes it's like, you know, like, cause you know, it's a scam, you know, it's all fucking stupid. Um, and at first it felt like, ah, just ignore it. Oh, you know, just tell them, you know, it's a scam. Oh, blah, blah, right? But then I at one point thought this is a good opportunity for me to introduce myself uh, to, to those in the recruiting world as a, <laughs> as a, as a leader in the cybersecurity world. So All those like, bots. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, and the, the companies those bots represented. So I was like, listen, <laughs> these bots are coming to get you. Uh, uh, I just want you to know I'm on it. And uh, my way of handling the case for good consulting fees is, is to say, I wasted this person's time for 12 hours today. And it, like, <laughs> th- th- if you're bored and you have nothing to do, this is my plea to those who are listening. This is my plea to the army, right? We act as one, we check the facts, and we do things for the betterment of society. Uh, we are, you are smart. No, no. But my, my, my call is you're, you're smart enough to not be scammed. So, so scam a scammer today. You know what I mean? Like take, take up their time because by you playing their stupid chess game of being like, Oh, I don't know how WhatsApp works. Should I install the app? And then they're like, yes, I will send you guided instruction on how to install app. All right. And it's like, oh, yeah, like, like a, a Russian man. They're mostly Russian Russian's and they come man. with like British numbers and they have like a lot of people working out of like Latin places. Like it's, it's a very fucking great operation. If you think about it, because it's always, it always is the same kind of hook. Like I'm calling, I'm, I'm represent, or it'll be like, Hey, somebody gave me your number and they said, you'd be interested. Like, I mean, and they start with that. I'm from this recruiting company. Here's the thing. Here's ah, the desk. Do the, that your job. Is, that. Right. No. Um, listen, man, I can leak your number today onto the dark web. If you no. want to be part of this, no, uh, don't it'll be fun. <laughs> oh, okay. Is that how you wanted it? <laughs> Whoa, I don't think it was how I wanted it. C Plus Productions proudly presents Can You Confirm That? Starring Gorov Wander and John Brown. Everybody, welcome to another week of Can You Confirm That? We are here. Myself, John Brown, my co host, Gorov Wander, for episode yes. 166 of this podcast. You should say things like the ever illustrious score of oh. wonder, the, you know, like the, the, the bestest friend uh, a man could ask. You know what I mean? Like those kinds of things every week, just, uh, to, just missed, to jazz it up a bit, right? Kindness day was last week, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I did, I was saying G-Man and you never picked a nickname for me. So, I mean. JB, yeah. you, you've assigned it. You've self-assigned the nickname. It's, you don't like any of the ones I give you because you say they be have racial silent. undertones, right? Like, it's, what am I supposed to do with that? Well, I mean, Honky isn't a nickname, Gaurav. It was Big Honky. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
<laughs> and 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 lest I remind you, because uh, of the honky tonk nature of the music you enjoy, okay? <laughs> I don't listen to honky tonk. <laughs> listen, man, that's a lot. Don't lie to the people, big honk. <laughs> Jeez, thanks so much, G man. So, anyways, G man and big honk here. One six six. Let's go. Let's roll. One six seven. I don't even remember what was the number. One six six. Yeah, you said it. Yeah, yeah for sure. So, uh, yeah. Um, on your point about these uh, calls, I don't get those, but I get a lot of marketing junk mail from LinkedIn. I kind of thought like LinkedIn is sort of a scam. Like, uh, like if you think about, it's a social media for businesses, so it allows junk mail into your inbox as part of its business model. You mean in mail? Let's brand it properly. Oh, LinkedIn sorry. end mail is a paid yeah. for junk mail. Yeah. It's like the Val Pack coupons that you used to get yeah. back in the day. Letting you sort know be- local oil changes and haircuts and where you can get four bucks off, you know? Like as I as I was thinking about that, it made me want to immediately delete my LinkedIn account. <laughs> <laughs> what what are your actual <clears throat> like do you use it? Like, no. like, you know what I mean? Like, I use it a little bit because I'm in the market for, like, something that kind of would, like, pay the bills in a way. Mm. Um, and then in the <laughs> other market, it's kind of like I also need to, like, find people that I can, like, contract work from. You know, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's a place I have to spend time, unfortunately, is what I'm saying, right? Like, and the nature of what I'm doing right now, it's kind of like I also have to keep, like, updating it. I have to keep, yeah. like, putting badges and things on there. And I got to tell you, man, I <laughs> fucking hate it it's like <laughs> it's it's if you thought facebook was a cesspool linkedin is like if that cesspool had a yacht <laughs> it's a bro pool <laughs> right like it's, it's sperm bank <laughs> it is it is some of the most uh self-congratulatory stuff you'll ever see mm. um it, or or some, some of my favorite ones it's just like people who have no fucking perspective Right. Like like CEOs who who post stuff knowing and, and you read it and you're <laughs> like, wow, if I worked there or any other person reading it would be like, well, that person just does not seem like a fun person to work for. But then you also unfortunately see like. Thanks, boss, for the motivation. <laughs> Loved this. Right. Yeah, it is trash. Like I um, I keep I thought LinkedIn was like, OK. Uh, the place to go for uh, job postings and stuff. But the last, my last two jobs, I, I don't know if I ever have got a job from LinkedIn. Um, yeah. I, I, Cause there's gotta be overrun, right? Like if the job is posted on LinkedIn, I would imagine the person posting the job posts that also on like indeed monster, yeah. whatever still exists in that world. Like, I don't know if Workopolis is still kicking around, but whatever. Um, yeah. Right. But it's like where you post the, a job when you already have the candidate in your mind. Like, it's going to be an internal yeah. hire. Let's post the job here anyways, because we have to legally post it. <laughs> I think it could be, like, I mean, they don't, you know, if it gets so external, it does. But it, I think LinkedIn, the only thing it does is it kind of just, it Instagramifies your resume a bit, right? Like the yeah. idea of like, here come six people built in, here are my connections. Um, and like, if they know the recruiter at HR and all that stuff, it might help. But at mm-hmm. the same time, this is where I'm starting to wonder how much of a help it is, right? Because, like, what if you've got a co- 
like, listen, we've all got a couple unhinged people in our Facebook friends list, right? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's just some folks you won't cut off because, like, listen, man, sometimes beats out like insanity, right? Like, it's like if you're not harmful to me and you ain't spouting it, I'm gonna keep you around because you're still loyal. You never know when you're gonna need that sort of insanity on your side, right? Like, and just keep them around. I think but, that happens more on your list. Right? <laughs> it's it's the circles you travel in, travel in, my friend. Um, it, it's all about the circle you keep, I guess. And I kept a fucking crazy one for a while. Um, the Venn diagram. It, yeah, it really is. Uh, I'm like the Olympic rings when it comes to yeah. like the diversity of just like the different nations and cultures and uh, thoughts uh, oh. of the friends I have. But but LinkedIn also has that now, right? Where like there's got to be a couple of people who just like you see the com. I see like sometimes I read things on there and I'm like, you know, this is like public, right? Like people know what you're writing. Um, and it's like usually the the president slash owner of like Jamie's electrical and like Akron, Ohio, who really feels like they can get away with say whatever the fuck they want. And they probably can, right? Like that's the idea. Like Jim's going to do fine with electrical contracts and Akron spouting the stuff he spouts. But what will get you in trouble is being the guy in Toronto who hits the like on it. Like, you know what I mean? And not because they don't, I don't know if people realize that I'm going to see and I'm going to be like, whoa, that's a pretty extreme take for the senior vice president of retail banking to be liking. You know what I mean? Like, it's one yeah. of those things. It's it's yeah. so weird. I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, it's kind of, it's kind of, um, you're saying there's an opening there, right? Like, there, there's a way to now maybe build something that's actually good. Like, you know, for, like, for you know business, like, social media? Yeah, maybe it's like the idea of like, hey, how about we connect? And and it's like, but you don't have to talk and you don't get to post. Like the idea of like, can you bring dating app infrastructure to the idea of building a like a, a relationship, like consumer, like business relationship model? Like the idea of like, all I want to do is swipe left and right on like marketers in my area. Because what I want right now is somebody who can handle this marketing project I have. Right. And you just filter by like who are available fucking marketers and you're like, nope, nope, nope. Ooh, this guy's got glasses. I bet you he's judicious and like efficient. Right. <laughs> and like maybe you match, right? <laughs> like because on his end, he's like, who am I willing to work for? Nope, nope, nope. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, and yeah. like, let's start the conversation there. Let's add, so let's build it. Let's add check marks, blue check marks. Yep. To like verified accounts and businesses. And, and then people. let's add, yeah, people. Let's add like um, a payment to message. Like if there's a, you can only post or whatever if you have pro coins or, you know, like one of these. No, like, I don't even want that. Like that's, that's going down the LinkedIn and mail route. The oh. idea, like I would say yes to that, but you still have to have had matched with the person or something. <laughs> yeah. You can't okay. just be like blowing up people's DMs because you got some coins in your pocket. Cause that's exactly how the real world works. You know what I mean? Like we don't want that. Sure. <laughs> no paid check marks. Oh, please cut that one and remind me of it. Cause I want to use that on standup. Like when I start hitting <laughs> stages lately, like when, like just cause you got some coins in your back pocket. That's, that's how the DM world works. Right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <clears throat> We've talked I mean, about the. I've We've talked about, about yeah. girls, haven't we? I'm sure that's how Drake gets them. He's like, I got some bills. You got some <laughs> booty. I got some boats. Let's do this, right? 
Drake. Let's not get into Drake. Drake is, uh, do you not feel bad for when you see a midlife crisis breaking down in front of you? No, I don't. Honestly, I don't keep up. I have no, I have no idea about anything about Drake at all. He's like he's the latest Drake song I know is Hotline Bling. That's it. I don't know anything. Sure, sure. Listen, didn't we not just do an episode last week about how you try to stay hip and young and trendy? Like I'm sure you know what old. He's old. Yeah, but he is to he is to young girls what Taylor Swift is to young girls at this point, I guess. Right? Like it's my take is this. He's mid, right? Like it, it, it's gone. It's unfortunate. It's over the hill kind of stuff. Like they're like you can listen to that new album as much as you want. It's still not going to grow on you. I don't care who you are, unless you are sub sixteen, right? Like there's there's a. I guess you have to pick a crowd, right? Like Jay Z decided that we had to grow old with him. Right? Like he decided that. He was like, listen, I can probably still keep rapping about being in the club. I could probably still keep rapping about like cars and beaches and Saint Tropez. But what I'll do is I'll tell you guys about Basquiat. I'll tell you about like, you know, uh how to like not wear jerseys after 30 plus and like all this stuff like like you know what I mean? like, you're going to have to grow up with me and we had to. Uh, you know what I mean? Like he's like here's my new album. It's kind of about how I cheated on Beyoncé. I know, right? And you're like what the fuck? Right? And like but Drake's still out there being like I got a yacht. Little yeah, you tell him yeah. about my yacht. You know what I mean? Like it's like it's like oh no, that's not good. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I never like honestly. I turned on Drake the second he started making uh, eight oh eight and heartbeats over and over and over and over. Um, I liked yeah, him on yeah. like his first album when he was kind of rapping or whatever, and then he started singing everything, and I could I didn't give a fuck about him since. So that's <clears> probably like two thousand and ten, eleven. Yeah, that's fair. And I'll give you this. I was probably I'm probably on board for like another six, seven, eight years after that, and that's about it. Because yeah. I didn't mind like um Scorpion was probably a good album. I yeah. thought good. Not great. Views was a great album, but that was longer ago, right? Like the problem is it's like it was a long time ago when he was sitting on the fucking CN Tower, right? Like um and it happens, but I guess part of that also is maybe like mm. This is a thing I think is a problem sometimes. And let's get into this. If you want to unpack it, John, I don't know how you feel. If you think this is a topic or not for the show today, but um, I feel like Drake's on the hamster wheel, right? Like he's got this empire he has built and it's only going to be sustained by like click streams, views, like every fucking penny he can milk out of Spotify and Apple music has to pay to refuel the jet. And has to sustain like the the various finishes that probably have to happen on his like indoor basketball court. Like when you go that big, I think you put yourself in a spot where you have to build out and keep it going. And in that case, that means putting out like pretty trash music over and over and over because you have to keep doing it. Versus, I think a Kendrick Lamar, who decided he was going to buy like a six hundred thousand dollar house, like the biggest house he could find in Compton, like when he when he got money and he's still there. And I bet you it doesn't cost him a lot to maintain that place. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it, it, you know what I mean? Like it's not big enough to have like an indoor basketball court. It's not big enough. Like he's just chilling in his hot tub. That's probably only got room for six, right? Which means right. he can put out an album every five years and chill. He doesn't mm-hmm. need to level. Like he doesn't have to keep putting out a single. He doesn't have to keep doing features to make sure that like he can sustain the jets. 
You think uh, so Drake has overextended himself? I think that happens with most, right? Like artists, when they get to a peak like that, some of them perhaps don't. Uh, I guess like, you mean like the idea is like either you're smart with it, like a Michael Jackson. A Michael Jackson was so smart with his money that he didn't have to put out music that often. If right. he didn't want to, he didn't, right? Like that was just the genius of how he structured it. But then like, I think a Kanye West finds himself in a problem right now where he's like, oh man, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I didn't realize how much shit I bought with the stream check that came from Spotify that I can't <laughs> buy anymore, right? Like it's, there's issues. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that Drake or Kanye ever sold as much as Michael Jackson, but yeah, I totally get what you're saying. Well, it's a different structure, but I'm, you know what I mean, like the idea is like there, there was what Aerosmith probably sold as much, but why is Steven Tyler still touring? Because like mm-hmm. some of that money went up his nose, right? Well, like a lot of that a, money went up his nose, right? Like there, there's there, there's there's differences there's a lot, that way. Uh, there's a lot less money to be earned. Uh, by production of music these days too, where oh, most that, artists yeah, yeah. make a lot of money in touring and stuff. So oh, that's a hundred percent, John. And I'm going to say, if you are a new up and coming artist or someone who just broke in 2010, mm-hmm. then of course you're going to have to tour. That's unfortunate. Like Adele, honey, love you. I get it. You have no choice because like the amount of albums you sold were just not enough because by the time you, the, 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 the whole streaming world changed and the industry changed, you just didn't have Adele, enough time. Honey? <laughs> right like you know she's a friend of the show like we've had our issues but like she knows what i said was true at the end of the day she knows what i said was true i think we'll all adjust um you can tell me streaming numbers were huge but like come on that cd did not move uh <laughs> anyway but what i'm saying is like yeah we get it like she's gonna have to do residency she's gonna have to do things but i, I like but, it all. <laughs> right? i bet you i bet you you too would not have to do a residency at Vegas, at the Sphere, if Bono had not been so charitable. I'm going to say he wasn't bad with his money. He was just philanthropic with it to the point where I don't think he realized. Like, I mean, like he was somebody who was probably like, listen, I'm going to be able to give away half my money and chill on half my money. But then but then streaming came by and he's like, oh, no, nobody's buying our greatest hits anymore. Right. Like that was hearing like that was a simple 250K that came in. Now that he's got to do work. He's but, like, uh, hey, Habitat. Bono needs a house. <laughs> right. But but I would argue like that's uh that's probably that versus like a Steven Tyler Aerosmith or like a Guns N' Roses. Like if you sold fucking albums in the heyday in the eighties and yeah. you're on tour right now, you know, you you're you are one of those VH one like my money manager just ripped me off, right? Like one of those stories. Like it's one of those things because it has to be. Because like Sting doesn't tour. You know what I mean? He only toured once for like with the police to be like, let's just do it over before I die. Right. Like you're not going to see him doing a residency because I feel like Sting invested well. Right. Like he probably like put a lot of money into like Viagra when it first hit the market. And he was like, I know what this is going to do for the world. Sting sees things like that. I respect him for that. It's like uh, Macaulay Culkin, man. He's like, he's rich. Apparently (laughs) he's still rich and he's never going to work. He's not going to do a lot of movies. Like, his home alone money has had set him up and he'll never he, he's he's the rare exception to the rule though john because he had those moments where you knew it was going like through a needle or up the nose for a long time <laughs> and he yeah. still come out the other end so like that just tells you this um one uh while he was doing those things he was also like 
Okay, well, this is going to be weird, but God bless his heart for picking what he wanted to waste his money on at the time and not spending it on everything. Because other other people in that situation, like Macaulay Culkin, could have also have not just done drugs, but also have bought like six Bugattis. And, like, I'm glad you said mansions, that. Right? That's what I was thinking. Like the drugs that you and I are like, oh my God, we can you could blow all your money on that. It are expensive, but like not in comparison to what like like really famous celebrities go broke spending yeah. their money on like <laughs> right oh no like listen man johnny depp said thirty thousand bucks a month on wine right yeah. that's wine for fuck's that's sake stupid. god knows yeah. I mean, that's just wine like god knows what the rest of it is um so <laughs> so it's a different world of course but i'm saying like with that access to to that much yeah. comes bad decision making right like the the idea of like when you are a super duper star and you've got access to like drugs You've also got now access to making poor life decisions, and, and sometimes those involve buying a tiger. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like getting, I'm going to start a museum. Like, God knows what you're going to do. Um, but it's good to see the one. But I'm saying now, now it feels like, uh, it feels like uh, in, in 2023, if you're an up-and-comer and you get yourself a little bit of money, if you if you're very into it, you're going to find yourself like on that hamster wheel is what I'm like. I mean, like you're going to find yourself living the Drake burnout lifestyle of chasing something. Um, you know, like my heart breaks for like every Instagram model who, who gets pregnant and has to take nine months (laughs) because they just come back to like a desert of followers. Like, you know what I mean? Like they're like, you know, like they tried and like the ones who are very, very smart will pivot and, and sell you on the journey. Right. Oh. Like it's like, you know what I mean? Like I'm no longer a beach hotel girl. I am now a motherhood like journey girl. So let's go on that. And then like they gain followers from a different view. Right. Like so the idea is it balances out. You might lose like 150,000 creepy dudes. Yeah. <laughs> but you'll gain like 250,000 like, you know, young moms who are looking to go through the struggle with you. Right. So like it all evens out in that world. I don't know if lose creepy dudes is phrased. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, to some of them, it's the difference between that bag. That they want or not, right? Like, and men too. I, I don't want to listen. There's men who go through the same shit. Okay, there yeah. are guys who throw their six packs out there. They're not very bright. They have a lot of women followers. They make a lot of money. But then sometimes something happens. To, I'm telling a true story too. Actually, this is an Instagram guy that I used to like. I know gets in an accident. Uh, all of a sudden he's in a wheelchair. Not so fit. Not so great. Lost a lot of followers. Could not feed himself like the avocados he was accustomed to. But yes. Well, you were, I was just going to say that that happens in content creation where people like do, do whatever they have to, to get the views. And then when they find something that works, they keep doing that. So you said avocados. Do you you know who Nikocado avocado is? No, but I have a feeling if I ask my kid, he might. Oh, a hundred percent because him and I are, we're like on the same wavelength. You guys have uh, the same YouTube history. We have determined this. Nikocado avocado was like a fit gymnast and violinist who started okay. doing who did like a mukbang video one time that got a ton of views and then he became the meme for like overindulgence like by Americans and like yep. gained 380 pounds and like drove around in a scooter and like just kept eating and eating and eating for the content and like it became a thing that other YouTubers used to make videos about him saying like 
like he's unhealthy and he's going to die by making this content because people keep watching it. And now he's like taking a huge break and is actually like losing weight and stuff. Like it's pretty, so he's going to followers at the same time. Right. Yeah. yeah, But he's going to come back in like another year, like 150 pounds less and like, going to have like a huge spike in viewership again because everyone's going to want to be attached to that story. Right. He's going to come back with the I did it. This is how you can do it story. All that stuff. Let me take you on the transformation and all that crap. (laughs) But the thing is, he's going to lose a lot of the people who are there for him, like stuffing his face. Yeah, but but he's going to have to replace it with with other people. Well, no, that's not that they suck. That's yeah, just they what do. they're into, right? Like, listen, I, no, we did a muck, we, a, a muck bang. Uh, I think we did one of those episodes where we talked about it and, like, you explained the culture to me. Rem- but then, like, listen, pop quiz, I may not remember it, but this is essentially people who just kind of stuff their faces for the camera, right? Like, that's the idea. Oh, um, uh, yeah, that's, an, like, that's a, that's a... That, the layman's, like, right? Like, we're just... Yeah, it's not exact, like... There's more to it than that, but like there is a stereotype that that's what it is. Okay, so like if that's the bread and butter, it's going to be unfortunate to not come back unless. Um, now listen, I I've heard of like people tuning in in Japan with like live streams of eating dinner because they're all home alone eating dinner, so they watch someone else eat dinner, so it feels like they're all eating dinner together. Um, right, and so. I get it, but to me, it's like, he's going to have to come back, and I guess his journey's going to be like, listen, man, like, join me th- for three square healthy meals a day at 8 a.m., <laughs> you know, 1 p.m. and 5 p.m., and I'll show you how to, you know what I mean? Like, that could be it. Um, <laughs> I right? saw a video, it was an ASMR video. I didn't watch the video, but I watched someone right. review it. Review, okay. Someone review it. I don't know what's worse, John, watching the ASMR video or having someone tell you, like, these were pretty good sounds that you may have missed out on. No, no, no. It was like a commentary. <laughs> so internet, like, video commentary is a, is a subgenre of YouTube where people, like, watch crazy videos and then make jokes and comments about them. Oh, so okay. So they're ripping it. They're ripping yeah. it. Okay. And it was a video was a young person on TikTok, I think, eating... Um, a salad of ice cubes with everything bagel seasoning. <laughs> Just ice cubes and bagel seasoning? That's yeah, it? it was like a low-fat uh, diet he'd had. That's not a salad. That's just... <laughs> but it was serious. Like, he was like, <clears throat> oh, oh, it's so good. <clears throat> I think when you're in those situations, you have to convince yourself they're good. Right? Like, um, <laughs> bad for your teeth, too. Come on. I can't imagine that that's actually sustainable. Well, I mean, listen, why don't you just no, get a cup of fucking water? Mm-hmm. Like, just get a goddamn glass of water, put a sprinkling of seeds in it, stir it up and drink it. It's essentially the same gosh darn thing in your stomach. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, it's the chewing that he's like... Needs the satisfaction like, of that? Like eating. Yeah. Isn't that what rice cakes are for? <laughs> I thought that's I, what rice cakes were for. They're the satisfaction of chewing, and they essentially are like the weight of paper, and they... Give you nothing. Or right? eat celery and lettuce. Those are negative calories. Yeah, like celery is actually... Yeah, celery is fun. Calories. It actually cu- takes more calories to chew. You burn more calories chewing celery than you actually take in by eating. There you go. Grab That's a shit ton of celery sticks. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, just to have something to wash the celery sticks down, maybe grab like a pound of wings, though. <laughs> um, and you're set. <laughs> you're set. Exactly. That's our diet. 
<laughs> Listen, I'm going to eat a shit ton of celery, buddy, but I will need to wash it down with some, with some hot wings. <laughs> yeah, totally. Did you know, you probably know this because you're a worldly fellow. Yes. Um, if you, you go save to that get for wings, next week's intro, by the way, just save that for next week's. <laughs> if you go to get wings, this is for everyone listening, potentially. Yeah. You know how you get like blue cheese or ranch or whatever on the side? That's not for the celery and carrots. You know that, right? Yeah, it's for you to dip your wing and get into. Now, that's if you are into that. I'm not. I'm not a dipper. Oh, man. I like it. I like a blue cheese dip. Listen, that's fine. All the power to you. I don't mind that at all. I think that's a strong choice. It's a very white choice. Uh, (laughs) And I don't mean that. It's a very right choice? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Something like that. But I will tell you... um, I I don't right and like I don't I'm not a fan of it. Um, I think I just recently even learned that ranch is just sour cream and chives. Is that correct? Have I just well, been like sitting on this the whole time, not understanding that those are two things I do like separately, but not maybe together? What's a more international option then instead of blue cheese? Tahine? Like, is like should it be no, like a I don't? No, 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 no. I'm gonna say I don't dip anything. Like, I don't dip the wings because I, my wings are already coming sauce to the nines with whatever I want, right? Like, I, I, I will, I'm an extra saucy guy. And it comes across <laughs> in the personality and the podcast, I'm sure. Right? But, like, you know, I just, uh, I'm, I don't like a dry rub. Right? Not, not a big fan of the dry rub. I like, a, like it nice, wet, sloppy, all that stuff, right? Oh. Like, just fingers just, sticky, all that stuff, you know? Roast me out. You just <laughs> roast me out and you didn't even say anything. <laughs> But no, I'm telling you exactly how I like my wings. Gross. I like to split those little flats nice wide apart, you know, get in you there, know that heat it up. Up until like maybe five years ago or something, yeah. I used to cut my wings with a knife and fork because I didn't want to get my hands dirty. And you say I'm the worldly snob, eh? You're probably sitting there slicing through your Mars bars, too. <laughs> wow. Mm. Um, I haven't had them. Unfortunately, we talked about this recently. <laughs> I haven't had a Mars bar in a while. <laughs> oh man, is that a is that a deathbed item? Like you're you know eighty nine, Mars laid bar. up in laid up in a hospital, and they're like, "Listen, man, you've done a good job. You've avoided all salty things. You've avoided things that could have hurt you. You made it pretty damn far for someone your age and your 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 health." Blah blah, blah. John. But you got a couple more days because, unfortunately, you're, you're, I don't know, pick anything, right? Something that's going to make it so that you're on your way out. Let's just well, say you killed somebody and you're about to get the lethal injection. This is so me. It's your talking. last meal. We can use heart. It's... <laughs> well, no, or... because they can't, they can't predict that. You can't be in a hospital and they're going to be like, your heart's gone in three days, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, the idea would have to be that maybe... Um, not with a certainty. They can't predict it with a certainty. Yeah, not in a way where they're like, we're going to bring in a meal. So right. let's, let's let's put you in a last meal situation. Let's assume it was criminal, right? It's fine. What's my um, last you meal waited. Was- you, yeah, well, I was going to say, like, how hard, how hard would you go? Or would you just be like, nah, I've made it this far. Why would I fuck it up now? Oh, good question, I guess. Uh, how... Quickly after the last meal, is, am I done? Like, do I have to digest any of it? <laughs> or am I going to... It's your sh- last meal. So, like, you, then you eat it at 6. Maybe you, like, watch a little bit of Jeopardy. Um, and you're out by, like, 8.30. Because, you know, old age. 
And then you just don't wake up. That's it. You just I don't can wake have up. heartburn and stuff. No. Like in between. You're, you're going to bed at 8.30. It's your normal routine. You had your meal. You might during the night, but you won't know because you may have passed out by then. Um, okay, if there's no adverse effects afterward... I just don't want to make it hard and cruel on you. Like, I could make it like, oh, yeah, you're going to have fucking vomiting all night. You're obviously, you're going to be like, no, fine, I'm good without it. But if it's all serene, because there is a question here about the idea that you've gone, like, 60 years at this point yeah. without being... And, like, does it really even matter to you at that point is one of those things, right? Like, it would it even entice you still, right? Oh, yeah. For me, it it will. Because those 60 years that I've gone without... I've wanted it every day. Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's fair. Listen, man, there there are people who've gone through like intense rehab for like narcotics and stuff, right? Where they're like, oh, I was addicted to the white powder or whatever, whatever. And, but the thing is they can avoid it, but there's always a trigger and the trigger is usually not anything related to it. Like the idea is like they can't have sugar because if they have sugar, they get addicted to sugar and their addictive personality will drive them back into that yeah. so it's so strange that you have to find this other thing to also avoid yeah right well, i have the, i have that with um you you know because i did it on this podcast for you like i can eat spicy food no problem i enjoy my what i should say is my mouth really enjoys spicy food as soon as it passes my jawline the rest of my body does not enjoy spicy <laughs> food not a fan. So a so. friend of mine asked me if I wanted to walk to a restaurant to get a Nashville hot chicken sandwich with him recently. Oh, that's tempting. And, um, I said, no, there is no way I'm going to have a distance to make it home with a Nashville hot chicken sandwich in my stomach because <laughs> it'll, it'll be a fun trip and then a terrifying trip to not shit my pants in the park. <laughs> like <laughs> That fast? You digest that fast? Come on. Uh, a Nashville hot chicken sandwich is just spice and oil. So, yes, I digest it that fast. The oil just pushes the spice right to my colon. <laughs> well, at least you know if you ever need to clean yourself out, where to go. Um, oh, yeah. Wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you ever just backed a, up, Nashville hot's got the solution. Yeah. Um, if, I, uh, if, I, if you and I ever go like to a place and I get spicy hot wings and a coffee, I'm going to shit your car <laughs> that's so intense to me i keep learning things after so many years of you john because i am um you i don't want to say i don't want to say i'm the complete opposite because it's, there's no complete opposite but to frame it in my perspective like i will tell you this um the way i process my spice john uh, as to say when i intake and then and digest and get to the point of delivering it back out uh sometimes it's so long that I forgot that I had had something spicy, you know, like it, it's like, I mean, like it's if I go 6 p.m. for dinner, it's 9 a.m. the next morning when I'm like, what the fuck did I eat yesterday? Right. Like yeah. there's a moment when I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> or have I merely adopted the spice? <laughs> <laughs> I was you know born in it. I was born in it. Exactly. Yeah. You no, called me right earlier. Like I true. have developed a love for spicy food it was like it it was like in your bottle 
Do you know what I mean? Like I get it. I no, I but listen, I keep giving you more Jamaican credit than you are deserving of. Yeah, That's probably yeah, yeah. a problem. My I think I keep in my head thinking, like I know your mom can handle it. Your mom probably no, handles it like I do, no, right? No, she doesn't she doesn't eat spicy food at all. So she's my grandpa did, but my mom is not a spicy food person. Oh, my okay. dad and sis, my dad and my sister who's older were very, very Canadian palate. So Yeah. Like barely any spice, barely any Jamaican food. So your mom was ready to get out of the island. She was like, "This is too much. I can't handle it." Yeah, too much weed, yeah. too much spice. I gotta yeah. get out of here. Well, yeah, <laughs> my mom's the one who told me that people used to come down from the mountains with machetes and cut each other's heads off. Yeah, that's the... <laughs> I'm on yeah. this weed, and like they would like. I'm like, yeah, maybe they did chop each other up in, with machetes, but it wasn't because they were high on weed. No, probably not that. It's probably a bit of both. There's probably could be. Like, you never know. It could be a bunch of different things. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Basically, um, the scene from Nine Hundred Two and Oh, where the friend. Do you remember the scene where? Um... Oh, are you? Come on. <laughs> no. I think... The answer is no. I remember oh. like three scenes from that entire show. Um, it's a little broken up, but Brian Austin Green, do you remember who that is? He's like yes. the... Yes, oh, of course. So Mr. Him, Megan Fox, well, ex-Megan Fox, I guess. That guy and his best friend on the first season was a kid who I can't remember because he was just on the first season. I think his name was Josh, maybe. Okay. And they like found a shotgun and he sh- he was like, <laughs> you know that scene in Harold and Kumar? I know I'm right. jumping. Yep, I'm yep. so high. And then he like shoots his... I think like something like that kind of happened on nine hundred two and zero. That's what it remind reminded me of. My mom it would have it would have because totally would buy that. Yeah. Beverly Hills kids are like that. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean, and and like it's unfortunate. Like I mean, that show only took place in the nine hundred two and zero. Like let's let's be real, right? But mm-hmm. like it would have been fantastic if they just had done like a cut scene to like <laughs> Ice Cube and Chris Tucker sitting on the porch of Friday over there being like. What the fuck did he do? It's just because it's like white kids in Beverly Hills. What do you want? Yeah. Oh, shit. Man. Between uh, Beverly Hills 90210 and Saved by the (laughs) Bell, uh, did Bay Area white kids ruin it for the world? (laughs) Well, I, um, I yeah, because it was teaching two generations, right? (laughs) But it's like they got us in the morning and at night. You know what I mean? Like, it's just one of those weird things. Those shows. That yeah. and then OC comes on its ass. Well, I mean, OC never really took off in that same way. Actually, you know what? The OC did for Beverly Hills 90210, um, which 90210 could not do, which was make it seem like you don't actually kind of want to be there. <laughs> like, there, you know what I mean? There was a whole aspect to the OC where it was kind of like, well, they had the outsider guy, right? Like, you're kind of like, yo, man, send that boy back to Chino. That's where he belongs. You know what I mean? Like, it's like. That um, was the guy who played. Um... Mr. Gordon and got it. Right? Yeah, yeah. You know he's uh, he's an expert on on cryptocurrency now. He wrote a book. Oh, did he? <laughs> he did. He's actually been on like CNBC and stuff. He's wow. uh, he's he's one of those guys who tells you, hey, listen, this is a scam in most cases. Like you got to be smart about where you put. Like it's, a, but it was just one of those things where it's like <laughs> the guy from the OC is on CNBC talking crypto. <laughs> this is the world, twenty twenty three. Put him on the ticket with fucking rock. Let's go. <laughs> Like frickin' guy from Berlink 182 who like became a UFO expert. <laughs> like, <laughs> cool. Yeah, he can be the head of NASA. Let's, well, we're putting together a freaking cabinet here, folks. Let's go. Um, you sent me an article today that I thought we could talk about. Oh, okay. Uh, do you remember which article you sent me? I know there's probably more than one that you can think of. 
I sent a bunch out, but probably for you, I think the one that caught your eye was the one about uh, Sam Altman's firing from yeah, AI. Tell, yeah. Tell everybody about that. Uh, give me the Cole's notes <laughs> again. I did read it. Fuck <laughs> okay, <you>. fine. <laughs> Jeez. All right. Uh, put me on the spot. No, uh, it was a weird weekend, man. Nobody saw that one coming, right? Like, I'll give you more than what's in the article because I've read plenty of articles around the situation. And I even got an update from said article I sent you. Oh, um, I'm glad I so, uh, yeah, I'm glad I asked. Oh, there you go. You wanted to fill five minutes. Here it is, fucker. Uh, <laughs> so, so, so yeah, I, I will talk slowly then. Here we go. Um, no, so it was weird, man. Okay, so high level thing. The board of OpenAI, um, mm-hmm. right, which is the company that owns ChatGPT. Right. Uh, private company. Friend of the show. <laughs> friend of the show. Fucking contributor over here sometimes. Um, almost asked for a producer's credit on an episode, kind of friend yeah. of the show. Yeah. Uh, so ChatGPT, uh, created by OpenAI, which obviously has gotten a lot of news over the last little while, right? Big deal. Um, now, Sam Altman, uh, the guy who kind of is one of the co-founders of OpenAI, is regarded as like a pretty smart dude. You know, now, most people would say he's a smart guy. Uh, yeah. He knows his way around AI. Sure. Um, the company, like OpenAI, was founded with actually Elon Musk was part of it at the very beginning, and the idea was it was going to be a not-for-profit, right? Of course. Uh, over time, the the way the business was coming together, like Sam kind of was like, actually, we're going to have to start making money somehow because there's like, like no way to pay for all the servers and all this stuff. Like this, is, the wiki model won't work, right? Or we're going to have to go into some sort of like for-profit, non, like. Like a for-profit foundation kind of perspective, right? Like they weren't going to be a corporation, but they were going to be a foundation that made money to sustain the foundation, which kind of makes sense. Um, You know, costs money to fucking do things. Um, And not everybody's PBS where they can give away tote bags once a fucking week. So Sam starts it. Elon leaves. um, And OpenAI is now its thing. They go out looking for investors. One of the first investors... Or in the early rounds that kind of believed in them and depend, ended up becoming the largest investor is Microsoft. Uh, so Microsoft mm-hmm. is heavily invested in open AI. And it's one of the reasons that Microsoft itself has like gone from like 50 bucks to 150 bucks in the market, like over the last couple of years, because of just the smart decisions they've made, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. The board for some reason comes together over the weekend. There's six people on this board. Two of them are Sam and his partner, who's like the CTO at like OpenAI. So four people somehow fig- decided like this guy's got to go. Yeah. And this was like, it was a very strange thing because all nobody four. saw it coming. Yeah, yeah, all four had to, right? Like, and it's like, if it's a blind side, it had to be all four, right? And Sam and Sam's partner there are telling them, telling the world, like, we got blindsided. We did not see this coming. So why? Is true. Why? Why did they get fired, though? This is the interesting part. Yeah, I, right. So the interesting part is, like, I don't think we really know, but there's something up. There's right? something like, up. Sam had side projects, right? Like, but Elon's got side projects, right? Like, it's not like uh, he he's devoted to Tesla. He's got SpaceX. He's got X, right? Like, he's got everything now that he's kind of touching. Um, so it, it's weird for them to maybe be reasoning that, like, oh, his other things that Sam is trying to do in the AI world outside of OpenAI, oh, that that's not good for us. That's, that can't be new to them, right? Like, to the board members, that's not new. Like, you knew this was happening a while ago. Uh, they've they've kind of put it out there as, like, we he wasn't forthright or truthful in things that yeah. he was telling us. 
Yes. So the question is, well, what do you mean by that? Right? Uh-huh. Like, uh, and do you know? Do you know yeah. where this sends my conspiracy theory mind? Perfect. Go ahead, because I'm going to tell you how the story ends. But like, I want to know where your story goes. Well, I'm. When you tell me that the CEO and co-founder of OpenAI and ChatGPT is withholding potential information to his the rest of his board, immediately I think. Uh, uh, uh. Oh, the lawyers are going to speak up here. At no point did I say withholding. Oh, I no, said, said the the board. The board that, believes. That <laughs> the board believes that they maybe didn't get all the information. I don't. Okay. I don't want to say that it was withholding. Maybe. Allegedly, he was allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. allegedly the board did not right. trust him anymore. Can you confirm that is for comedy purposes? <laughs> um, we could not afford to be sued. <laughs> so allegedly, he may have not shared a full story. Yeah. And immediately, based on his expertise and knowledge and where he works, my mind goes to... AI being more advanced than we know already. Because we've heard rumors already. Yeah. Like Google's AI is more advanced than we know about and stuff like that. So I sent you a little thing that, uh, you know, I want to say that you didn't comment on for reasons that maybe you actually didn't comment on um, about the singularity (laughs) being near and um, scary term. Yeah, the singularity, right? Do you know what the singularity is? Yes, man. Now, I remember if you could scroll through your phone too, my friend, um, mm-hmm. about a month ago, I, I would have sent you an article from one of like the leading scientists on this kind of subject. Not Jeffrey Hinton, but one of the other guys who, who was kind of explaining the singularity and the idea of when we would reach that. Mm-hmm. And he had pegged it at, like, we're still probably 30 to 50 years away, but we're getting there. Okay. Right? So I'm going to go ahead and say the idea of us having this convergence um, where man, machine are all one, whatever, whatever, like we're probably still a little bit of a ways away. Mm-hmm. But the idea is we're getting there like a lot quicker and faster than anybody had thought. Um, I don't think Sam Altman got fired for for lying about the capabilities because he's kind of been on a tour for like the last little while telling people like, in the wrong hands, this shit's not good. <laughs> Which now, my conspiracy brain <laughs> tells me um, that that something's afoot with the board. Mm-hmm. Those four on the board, something there smells fishy. Something there smells of... Let's remember, OpenAI is a private company, and they've just now gone through like a, uh, a financing deal that kind of valued the company at about $80 billion. That's what they consider themselves to be worth. Uh, they've got employees who've got share options where they want to be able to cash out their value of their shares at that $80 billion. Um, all of this stuff's been getting worked out by like bankers on the back end because it's a private company. It's harder to do, all that stuff. I think the board doesn't want to pay. I think the board wants to sell to someone who's willing to buy them up for more than that. Mm. And I think the board thinks that they're smarter than Microsoft. Because the thing I think the board doesn't like is that Microsoft's got like a big chunk of this company. And every time 
OpenAI went from being worth like a billion dollars to 10 billion, 10 billion to 20, 20 to 80. Microsoft's portion of that just kept getting larger and larger and larger. To the extent of where they're probably worth, what, 24 of that 80 is probably Microsoft's investment. So if you can try to squeeze the guy that they like so much out, which they did, what's that kind of, it's, I, but I don't understand what the board gets from it. Right. Like today's news after the weekend's news of him getting let go and all that is that Microsoft has hired Sam Altman oh. and Microsoft is angling for a board seat now. Like they want a seat on the board at OpenAI because like they're the largest investor and they should have. So what are you doing? Are you trying to get a board seat? And then are you going to appoint Sam? Like not too sure what happened, but over the next coming weeks, Oh my God, are we going to find out? Right. Because <laughs> Sam, Sam hasn't done his, like, you know, like the, the, the three picture slide, Instagram, Twitter post that you're supposed to get of like the, the letter of like, this is what I believe happened. And this is what I'm going to do about it. And like, He's formulating it. His lawyers are working on it, and I'm sure we'll see it, like, soon. Uh, but the fact that Microsoft so readily was like, you come work for us, and we're going to try to get a fucking board seat on this goddamn company and figure out what just happened here, tells me that, like, the board may have tried to do something here, too, that they may have just gotten themselves caught in. Um, or we don't I'm, need open AI. Let's bring Sam and let's just do Microsoft AI. Well, no, but because remember, like Microsoft's whole Bing AI and all of the Office 365 AI is powered by OpenAI. Yeah. So so they need that. So my thing is maybe maybe the board thought they can push Microsoft into buying them. Um, which would make sense, right? Like if Google's already got their own AI, if Facebook's working on their own AI, if everybody's kind of got their own AI... Maybe it just makes more sense for Microsoft to just wholly purchase OpenAI and take it in the wing. Um, but as we've seen with things when Microsoft buys it, such as LinkedIn, like it's trash, right? Like it's not good. Like the only reason, and this is the beauty of it. Like why does LinkedIn exist today? LinkedIn exists today because Microsoft was one of the very, very first investors in Facebook. And they had a good relationship with Zuck. And Zuck was like, thank you for like making it so that I could be a real thing. You guys get a nice license deal on the framework of how Facebook works. And Microsoft's like, great. We just bought this other thing called LinkedIn. We would really love to make it work if we <laughs> borrow some of your tech. And that's why LinkedIn is accessible like Facebook, because they're built <laughs> on the same goddamn architecture, right? But I think that's a, like from the optimist in the group. It seems like a negative realist view. And I think it's more fun to assume that AI is going to take over. You're uh, right. (laughs) The AI advancements are scary. Listen, um, (laughs) they're coming for the jobs. Sam Altman can tell you they're coming for jobs. He just, you know what I mean? Like he's an AI job casualty, right? Like he (laughs) lost his job due to AI. What do you want? Um, It's, 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 it's all on seeing. Okay. Man. This is this is going to be the battle of of. Okay, you know what about your book, right? And Ray, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love Ray, but here's the problem with Ray. I own books. 
No, no. So the problem with Ray is the same sort of problem with all inventors, uh, futurists, optimists, mm-hmm. right? Like there, there are two types of futurists. You got the optimist futurist. You're not. And you got the pessimist futurist. But I think when it comes to futurism, John, I'm more of a pessimist, right? Because okay. the, the the two types of folk would be the the. There are some folks who say no advancement is necessary. Like, what are we fucking pushing towards the edge of? Like, slow the fuck down. Let's just see the world burn. <laughs> okay. Right? It's, it's time to let it... Get it to the... Like, the anarchist NRS, right? The person who's like, just let government burn to the fucking ground and we'll start off from the fucking ashes. Like, those kinds of folk aren't wrong in their thinking either because that's one way to look at it. Now, an optimist futurist will say... At the time of like inventing the internet, I'm sure the people who were the optimist futurists at the time were like, oh my God, people around the world will be able to communicate. Families who are far from each other, continents apart, will be able to have communication and dialogue and instant time. This is amazing. And someone somewhere was probably like, yeah, but like, can we scan Playboys? Because like, I think that would be pretty cool. Um, (laughs) And is, both is this, won. <laughs> both like, got it, their way. <laughs> but I would say that, like, the negative always seems to not get the, the... Nobody ever comes out like, hey, here's this fantastic idea we've got. It's called airplanes. You get in them. You fly. Instead of taking trains across the world, you fly. And nobody at the time is going to say, but what if, like, somebody, like, kidnaps one of those planes and decides to take it into, like, a tower or something? Right? Like, nobody's going to say the negative thing that can be done with it. But it exists. Those probabilities always exist. So somebody somewhere is the Debbie Downer in the AI room. And my theory is it may be Sam Altman. (laughs) Right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, who knows better than, like, the capabilities of what can can destroy something than sometimes the person who created it? This is Dr. Frankenstein, right? Like, maybe he knows and he's like, oh, shit. And they're like, you gotta go, bud. You gotta go. What was... um... Uh, Ob's full name in Loki season two. Do you remember his name? I'm going to butcher it now, like Oberus, Uberusius, or something like that. Like I can find it for you. He's named named after that snake. That it's um the snake eating its own tail. It's a metaphor for uh, like a certain type of time travel. Uh yeah. Let me get the name for you here. That's what, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Ouroboros. Ouroboros. Yes. yes so it's like, um, and I think that logo's in the in the TVA, too, the snake eating its own tail. And that kind of reminds me of the, like, the whole, AI, it's a, um, Yeah, yeah, you got it. Um, yeah, that's no, an I'm, emblem of wholeness or infinity. Yeah. It's like the AI guy who uh, lost his job to AI. It's like a snake eating its own tail, right? It's an Ouroboros. Yeah, O-bead. Yeah. yeah, Obeed, man. Yeah, yeah. Oof. What? Came back for him. This could be uh, uh, a follow-up to, like, Taylor Swift's karma, right? Like, what? <laughs> sure. the, the result of karma catching up with you sometimes is getting Obeed. <laughs> Obeed. Obeed. Yeah. Obeed. Yeah. Um, yeah, That's man. Like... puts a tampon in your tea. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. I can cut that. If you... No, it's a. I I did. I asked for Coty, not Kotex. Um, <laughs> anyways, we needed a sponsor this week. Anyways, <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> that's, that's gonna fine. be on the poster, guys. Suppose yeah. it's it's on there. Well, you know it. I'm gonna actually have to write that one down so I don't forget. 
Hit up Kotex for money. Gotcha. All right. Um, man. You know those people, like, when you see the grand, ground beef cooking videos of those people who, like, sop up the grease with the... I've seen that. God, I can't say I've ever seen people eating grease on YouTube. Is that a thing? Grease no, eaters? Eat grease. <laughs> they like... When you, like, fry ground beef up, there's lots of grease. That comes oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They use, like, tampons to sop it up in their frying pan. That would make sense. Better than pouring it down your drains and ruining the environment and all your fucking plumbing. Um, makes sense. Makes sense. Some people let that shit harden up, begin into, like, that little white stuff, and then they just, like, scoop it into something. It's kind of, yeah. like, turn it into, like, a gross candle. But you Much can easier. totally use a paper towel and save, like, $6. Oh, <laughs> of course. You can. You really, really can. I think the most, uh, I've always said the most um, uh, recession-proof product is feminine hygiene. That would make sense. Like, Easily, yeah. People say, like, utilities are recession-proof, things like that. But I think the thing to invest in, the most recession-proof is feminine hygiene. Because... The options are just no, you know. Strange. Like, let's not go back. We're not going back to that. No, but I mean, strange to think that during COVID, everybody grabbed toilet paper, but nobody was stocking up on freaking pads. That's what they should have been. That, that right? I, I didn't go crazy. That actually I, makes more sense because, like, yeah, but you know what? That's only half of us thinking, <laughs> right? Yeah. It took all hundred percent of us to get on board with the fucking toilet paper needs to be stocked up on. <laughs> There was I mean, probably a run on pads and we had no idea because we're men and we don't really care, I suppose, yeah, right? Like, it's like, I, I bet you if I had been walking down the aisle during COVID and it was empty, I may not have even have noticed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oops. Right. I am sorry, ladies. Yeah, sorry. Ask the women in our lives if they had a hard time. Had a hard time. I don't think anybody had a hard time getting anything other than toilet paper. Right? Yeah. Great time. And here's the thing, John, the the, the best thing about it is you're giving out and some investment advice. And, and what I can tell you is this, uh, the people who make the pads make the toilet paper. So it's, it's all the same company. Let's go. Right. Like it's not a bad deal. They got a lock on soft cotton. <laughs> Charmin. All right. Yeah. Jeez. That Charmin bear. Those Charmin bears are not so innocent. Someone pulled out of the country recently, um, one of those toilet paper manufacturers of ours have decided mm-hmm. that they will no longer be making it. I don't know if it's the Cottonelle. I don't know if it's the Charmin. Um, there will still obviously be one big giant Canadian, like Irving Tissues from here. I don't know what brand is theirs. I think it's Cottonelle. So I assume you're going to be able to buy that still. But I do find it strange that, like, there's something going on where... You know, I'm not a big politics guy, John. You know me. I don't talk a lot of politics. Right. Only because we we avoid it here. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And I'm not a big capitalism guy. Like, you know me, I like to just see everybody getting good deals. But, like, I don't like to see corporations getting super-duper rich. But that was in a time where, like, there was competition. You know what I mean? Like, the idea is, like, I got angry when, like, uh, a Charmin got rich because it's like there's 17 different toilet paper makers. Why are those guys dominating? Uh, but like when everybody starts leaving, they're the only ones that will dominate. So I think we're running into issues. I mean, listen, man, I, if I issues on tissues, issues on tissues, issues on pizza pockets, 
um, issues on like every like McCain just being like, I ain't, we ain't making these anymore. <laughs> and I'm like, what? What do you mean? You're the only ones who make them, right? Like I got to get pizza pops from Pillsbury. You're the pizza pocket guys. If you don't make them anymore, where am I supposed to go? Just monopolies all over the place. You telling me they weren't fucking rolling in money at the Pillsbury factory that day? Just rolling around in their pizza pop fucking sauce. That's shit. Right? Ugh. Wait, 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 wait. Just let's stop and pause for a sec. Are you telling me that you prefer the pizza, the McCain one to the Pillsbury the pizza, pizza pocket to the pizza pops? Yeah, of course. Uh, oh. Two reasons. One, round. Love round. Don't like weird shaped things that are like a fake Panzerati. Two, the sauce in a McCain actually tastes like pizza sauce. Uh, oh. I don't know what this red weird goop that they put in the pizza pop is. All I know is it, it loves to explode the fuck out and ruin my microwave. Uh, can't yeah. You can't explode a pizza pocket unless you're trying. Okay. you got to be trying to explode a pizza pocket. Huh. Uh, huh. All these good things, right? Pizza pop, you got to take a bite, and it's going to burn you, and you got to let all this fucking steam come out of the corner. Pizza pocket, you take a bite from the front, and then you, got, you just do a little squeeze. A little squeeze, and a big hole opens up, and all the fucking hot air comes right out in one second. Hmm. Oh, okay. Well, listen. Yes, Joe, and I'm passionate about my pizza pockets. If I'm in the market for a microwaved, um, contained pizza, handheld pizza snack, yeah, maybe I'll try one if I can find it. But well, I, this is what happens when you have to pack lunches for boys, yeah. and they're sick and tired of your sandwiches and bagels and all that stuff. And you're like, "Well, fuck it. You want a pizza snack?" And they're like, "Yeah." And you're like, "I can't believe that worked." You know what I mean? But it, it works. And then dad I, gets to have one too. I recently had A and W, and I know it's your favorite fast food. And I, I man, yeah. honestly, I give it a zero. Like, really, Teen Burger okay. was like no taste at all. Yeah, it, it's all where you go now. Listen, I don't want to blame everything on inflation, but it hasn't been good for flavor. Have you noticed? Like the lettuce you're getting is the shittiest lettuce you can find. The tomatoes have like no juice to them. Um, it almost feels like the groceries we're forced to buy right now during this time is the kind of shit that Cuba has to deal with, right? Like, it's this is, I'm going to say it, folks. We're starting to have second world problems. Like, th- this isn't a good thing, right? We got no pizza pockets. We got people not wanting to make toilet paper. You can barely get a cell phone plan here without them, like, charging you 50 bucks a month just for the phone. Um, I'm going to say it. Second world-ish. Not feeling so great. Not feeling so great. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Here, let me just quickly adjust. I don't want to blame it all on AI either, but. <laughs> yeah, we totally have second world problems. Sorry, are my uh, mounted LED wall lights too bright right now? Or should I turn those down with the app on my phone? Second world problems. You just turn the Wi-Fi off on that phone. Because, like, <laughs> you know you've got plenty of data anyways. Like, you, know. <laughs> you know what is a first world problem? I'll tell you this. I can't control shit in my house if I turn the Wi-Fi off on my phone. Oh, totally. That I don't seems know. weird. I feel like there should be like a, like I want a Wi-Fi that doesn't spy on me, but can, can still control my smart lights. Mm-hmm. It's like I, hard to find that bridge right now. I don't have any connected. I don't have a connected house. I have lights that I can turn on with an app, but not like nothing else in my house is actually connected. I guess I'm, you know, I am as even though I have a Ray Kurzweil book in my bookshelf, spine uncracked. I uh, I'm I'm sort of a traditionalist, aren't I? A little bit. Uh, some would say a luddite. Yes, 
um, yeah. I would imagine. Um, I mean, listen, you got the fancy lights up there, oh. but, but that's about as uh, that's about as high tech as it's going to get for a while, right? Like yeah. it's, yeah. It, I I would say this: you're not scared of technology, mm-hmm. but you also know that, like, I think with age comes this like idea of like how much value does it really bring us? And it's fine if you're if you're into the toys and gadgets, it's fine. People are into things, right? Like you can be into motorcycles, you can be into cars, you can be into like electronics. I get it. Um, but like, just never do any of that stuff in like the dumb, wasteful way. Right. Like the, the idea of like, you don't really need to have seven cell phones on you at any given time. That's just <laughs> bad for the environment. Right. Like, you know, who always apologizes for that shit? Like nobody, like all these YouTube testers or like CNET testers or and gadget and all those bloggers were like, ah, I mean, you know me guys, I always have like four cell phones on me at any given time. Cause all the things I'm testing. And it's like, yeah, but you send those back, right? So it's like, <laughs> relax. But then it's like, uh, but behind you on the shelf, I see you've got like seven of them framed for some reason. What's that all about? <laughs> it's, it makes no sense. I see that a lot with like a lot of the people who who test the things that I want to buy. That is also like not great. I guess that's like, it's the season. Tis the season to be looking at things to buy, right? Mark Brownlee and like... Yeah, uh, that kind of thing. Jerry rig and I don't mind those because a lot of those guys are like, yeah, they sent us this and we're sending it back. Um, I think the ones that I don't like are the ones where it's like they don't they're not reviewing it as much as they're like reviewing it as a sponsored review. So therefore, they got to keep that Samsonite luggage bag. Right. And for some reason, this person only does things where like they get to keep the luggage. And so therefore, they've got a wall of luggage behind them. <laughs> For some right. reason, we know why. <laughs> well, no, but I mean, like, it's got to be like a lot of work to have to put the YouTube video together, get the sponsor to send you the free item that you get to keep, and then go on Facebook Marketplace to sell it later. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, that just feels like an extra added step when, like, if you were any good at this, you could just be like Marcus, where you get to send the item back and keep the money. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess. Right? Why clutter up your house? Just keep the money. If you really like the item, just keep it. Right, like it's it's. I don't understand why some like there's like, it it is what it is. There's like <laughs> dudes who, dudes who have like warehouses full of like shit that they've reviewed and it's like they've never sent it back. But like, what are you doing with a ware? Like, how much is that warehouse costing you right now, man? Yeah, you know what? We talked about it a little. The pandemic and when people went crazy buying toilet paper. I enjoyed those stories that we'd hear about the people who like stocked their whole garage of stuff, thinking that like this was going to last forever. And then they got stuck with a bunch of shit ordered and made unavailable for other people and had no need for it. Remember? (laughs) I really enjoyed those stories of those people who, cause they're degenerate. There's um, a fantastic curb your enthusiasm episode for those who are fans of Larry David. Like it's in the later seasons, maybe 10 or 11. Albert Brooks is throwing a fake funeral for himself. John Hamm is giving a eulogy and Larry's looking for the bathroom. Larry opens what he thinks is the bathroom door, but it's actually a closet full of like toilet paper, hand sanitizer, all the masks you could fucking ask for. (laughs) And he's like, he's a hoarder. He's a COVID hoarder. And like, (laughs) it all just goes to shit. It was like, but it was one of those things where like, people are that some people do it. They have the bomb shelters. All that stuff makes sense. Um, I guess being prepared isn't a bad thing. 
Yeah. But here's here's the slippery slope. I don't know if you've been in a Costco recently, John, but you may have noticed that they're now sell, selling one ounce gold bars in the Costco. <laughs> no. <laughs> Costco has decided to sell gold because a lot of commercials on the TV in between the sporting events and other shows are are telling people, hey, gold is something you should get. It's just been that way forever, right? Like during right. an inflationary time. 37. <laughs> yeah, people are just like, gold is a good place to stash your money if you're worried about money, right? Like, the, I mean, like if you're worried about what's going on with the dollar, get gold. But here's my question. If you've got the kind of money on hand in an economic crisis to be like, I'm so worried about what might happen to all my saved up money that I'm going to go buy gold bars with it. Maybe you've got <laughs> enough, right? Right. Like maybe you have enough money oh, if you're, yeah. if right. Cause if the idea is you're trying to avoid like, and, and this is the best part, right? It's like in, in case of a depression or a recession or whatever, whatever, right? Like gold will get you through it and all this. And so people will hoard it. But only if you but can I, find people that who can afford to buy your gold. Once again, it's only just rich people buying it in the first place. And then yeah. it's like, Who's getting, okay, let's say the worst happens and you're in like the worst economic times we've seen in a hundred years and it's, it's Russell Crowe and Cinderella man, right? Like we're, we're fucking lining up for bread and you can only get it on Wednesdays and it's one loaf per family. Um, <laughs> even then I'm not going to be able to pay for the fucking bread with the bar of gold. No. You know what I mean? Like, I assume when I get to Mr. No Frill, he's going to be like, no, man, we ain't taking gold bars right now. <laughs> I, <can't, laughs> like, I don't have that kind of float. <laughs> and, and Exactly. And I'll be like, well, okay, hold on. Let me go back to the bank and try to get some money for my now very expensive gold. And I go to the bank and I'm like, hey, Mr. Bankman, I need cash. And they'll be like, well, you know, we ain't got any of that right now. Yeah. Why do you think we're in this mess? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but I got gold here and I want some cash for it. Well, we ain't giving you that. <laughs> right, like oh okay so i mean like in the worst case scenario aliens invade and like okay long time listeners you know it i was gonna have to bring up aliens today um if aliens show up bro they're gonna want tuna cans they're not gonna want bars of gold right like that's why i got all the plastic bags still you know they banned them it's only gone up in value. All those years of me stashing plastic bags in the house and people are like, what are you fucking saving up for, the apocalypse? I was like, yeah, I don't know. Now, you can't even get them. Fuck when they started charging. I had a, I was sitting on a ton of plastic bags before they were even charging five cents. <laughs> yeah. Right? When they started charging five cents, I was sitting on money. Just plastic gold. Plastic gold, John. And now you can't even get it in stores. Do you Think still of have how a, rich this plastic gold is? And do you still have a stack of them like in a bag under your sink where everyone Pro, else keeps them? Yeah, it's like there or in the garage, in the storage room, everywhere you got room for plastic bags. You've been storing plastic bags, right? Man, I'm out. I'm pretty much out of plastic bags. I'm waiting for all of y'all to be out. <laughs> That's the whole plan. <laughs> you want plastic bags? Twenty-five fucking cents. <laughs> Uh, hey, I've already replaced you, buddy. I've got, uh, I've go. got reusables. Um, no, no, no. <laughs> no. Somebody, there's gonna there's gonna be a time, John, when somebody, some little industrious kid from the University of Toronto Film Studies School, is gonna be like, I want to make a movie based in 1999, and he's gonna need props such as fucking plastic bags. Yeah. Who do you think he goes to? He's gonna search plastic bag prop guy. 
I got that Google search result. That's me. I'm plastic yeah. bag prop guy. Yeah. That that you are. You've tested that URL on an SPO, <laughs> and uh, you know it's you. <laughs> oh, just wait. Just wait for my ads, buddy. You got plastic bag needs. <laughs> it's like Oliver's jewelry, but with plastic <laughs> with plastic bags. Oh, Martinos, Dominoes. A, uh, I got them all. <laughs> deep Ontario cut Oliver's jewelry. Who, who watched? Oh CTV? shit! CTV or was it? Um, is that oh, City TV. He's still everywhere. Yeah, breakfast like television. He's yeah, all yeah. over the place. You watch breakfast television still, don't you? I do. I've, I'm in tune with the happenings. I don't know, man. I don't know. It's part of my t- package. I, I watch the CNN never, but I have it. You know what I mean? Like, I got the CP24. There's like, in all reality, I only need four television stations. <laughs> right? And it's like, I don't need the rest because I can stream here. I can stream there. You can get sports elsewhere. Um, there's sure. something, there's something about that. Um, actually, you know what? Maybe I don't, cause I'm sure you can get like CBC news live and I don't know. I like commercials. Commercials keep me abreast of the things that people are trying to sell. You know, it's like you, we work hard on keeping up to date on music. Uh, we keep work hard on like fashion. Uh, I work hard on knowing like who the best property, uh, and damage and medical lawyers are in my neighborhood. <laughs> Yeah, fudge. If you ever watch a YouTube video, you're going to find out. No, <clears throat> tell me. Yeah, my my YouTube ads are my recent Google search, right? So if I was looking at a Volvo car, I will see a Volvo ad. So mm. at no point in time do I ever get an ad on YouTube that makes me think outside the box and go, you know what? Maybe I do need to have someone look at my gutters and windows this season, right? Like, it, there's never something. I mean, there's never a. Is it time for an oil change? Like, I don't get that on YouTube. Weird. I get the. I get the. Hey, man, you were just searching for vacations, right? Here's Expedia's take on where you should go. That's so weird because I never uh, Google search personal injury lawyers, but I get uh, <laughs> for that all the time. Greg Montfortin Parton. <laughs> Holy shit. Somebody's got you. And I've never even heard that guy. That guy's got you in his. El- he's paying at least five cents so that whenever you do get hurt and he's banking on you getting hurt, Joe, Fuck. that when you do, you remember that you fucking just rattled off his name. Like I, I was going to say, are you hurt in a car? Right? Like that's as far as I can go. Holy shit. No way, man. I see his face like every day. Man. No, I I get the same. Like, whatever I'm kind of in and around. Like, right now I'm getting a lot of, like, vacation and vehicle ads because that's kind of what I'm at. Or whatever, whoever paid YouTube that day. From time to time, there is a there is a company where I'm like, this has no relation or any bearing on my life whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for some reason, they're on every video that day. So you know that they paid. They did something that day to be like, we're going to widen the net, right? Like, you know, the, the demo search kind of ad demo thing. We're just widening it. We're going all of North America for today only. And I'm like, huh, David's bridal, huh? <laughs> right? Like, <you're> like <laughs> I'm going to send you a picture next time I get a Greg, Greg Monfortin and partners. Ad. I want to see it. It'll be like, it. it'll be in the next hour. <laughs> <laughs> So keep fantastic. in mind, maybe we'll post it to social Just media for fun. Don't get hurt in the next hour, and uh, we'll be fine. Man, I think he, Greg's going to take me out himself. <laughs> <laughs> I never lose an investment. Greg Munford and partners. Funny story, man. I just read an article today about a guy who had uh, hacked a hospital 
and like had had put a file into the hospital, had like all of the e- printers and stuff in the hospital print out like we've owned you and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was uh it was this guy who just worked at this like cybersecurity company in like Arizona. And then he he immediately called up all these other hospitals in the area and was like, you guys should really buy our cybersecurity solutions because I just heard of this hack that happened at this hospital. And it turned out that he was the guy who did it. Oh. I mean, like, so he was trying to buy, like, get new clients from other hospitals to yeah. buy his solutions by proving that it can happen to you by having done it himself. It's like the, entrapment, kind of. It's like backdraft. It's like they're setting <laughs> fires just to be like, we need more funding, right? Like, totally, totally. It's he backdraft them. Well, <laughs> um, I, I don't know how to end the show on a backdraft joke, but um, <laughs> let's don't set fires. That's all you gotta say. <laughs> don't set fires, Gaurav. I know you're itching for me to end the show, so I'll. Do I know I've had to pee for the last ten minutes. I don't know if you've seen me squirming. I've Jeez. been I've been squirming because I figured like we're getting near the end. Why why say hey man, hands up? I'll be right back, Mister Teacher Man. Um, I was it's like, we'll get to the end. Um, but right now I'm saying um, it's been great. Thanks for coming, folks. I gotta go put out a fire. Like. <laughs> Pretty sure we ended last episode about with P too, but um, everybody, we thank you so much for listening. Have we a great thing. week, <laughs> Gaurav. Have a good week, and we'll talk to you next week. Hope All you right. enjoyed episode one sixty six. Thanks, everyone. Bye. someone I who I don't know but I one of I posted a picture of my bookshelf the other day okay. and you said that it was a fake post because I didn't read any of those books <laughs> <laughs> but one of the books on there is the singularity is near which is by Ray Kurzweil you know that book <laughs> I do I didn't mean it that way man it just it felt like one of those Instagram posts or like you know where like people kind of fake getting onto the plane but they're not getting on the plane and I was like, there's no way like those. It just felt like you had picked out those books specifically to be like, look at the varied background of my intellect. <laughs> you know I, mean? like, I went to one of those um, libraries that's on people's front you know, lawn or whatever. <laughs> just grab. Yeah. Oh, gosh.